0: Things change from one generation to the next. Attitudes, politics, technology, even lifestyles. But when it comes to business, there's one thing every generation has in common. The pursuit of excellence. Welcome to Generation Excellence. A conversation with next-gen leaders of family businesses who are working to preserve the past and innovate the future. And now, here's the host of Generation Excellence and a third-generation business owner himself, Jamie Michelson. Jamie. Jamie. In this podcast, we get to know J.B. Cutting, a second-generation family-owned company in Mount Clemens, Michigan, that has grown to become a nationally recognized manufacturer of cabinet doors for the kitchen, bath, and closet industries. Whatever business you're in, I promise you can relate to Debbie Baring's discussion of delegation, celebration, and dedication. Let's talk shop, in the shop, with Deb at J.B. Cutting. Thank you, Deb, for having me to J.B. Cutting and uh for participating in this podcast and you kind of know the, st- the rough structure so a lot of businesses have the story of either starting kind of in a garage or in a barn and i think yours has one of those so yes. if you could sort of start there kind of tell the founding story and we'll go from there I'm going to learn along with everybody else listening. And
1: I backtrack as I go through, you know, you kind of forget the past a little bit because you're so involved in today and the future. And so it was really refreshing to go back and kind of think to myself, you know, how did my dad start? What did he do? Because it was my mom and dad that started the business. Back in the early 70s, it was more or less my dad's hobby. And you could almost say that our business was a third generation because my grandfather was a woodworker. Okay. He didn't have his own business, but he worked for a beauty supply company that produced fixtures for beauty shops. So my dad would go there on the weekends and after school, and that's kind of where he picked up woodworking. Went to Vietnam at 18, stayed there for two to three years came out, didn't really know what he wanted to do. Obviously, he wasn't going to go and start his own cabinet company. He had to go work because he was married to my mom at the time. So he went to Chrysler. Somebody got him in at Chrysler and said, hey, do you want to be an electrician? We need electricians. There's an apprenticeship program. I can get you into the program. So he did that for a good 10 years um, and doing cabinetry on the side. So he'd go to Chrysler. He worked afternoons. 3.30 to 11. And at the time, they didn't have a lot of stuff. It was more or less get the people there. So if something breaks down, we've got a crew that can go fix the lines. And so a lot of his days were just sitting and waiting for something to break. And so he'd, you know, make contacts with customers. Oh, I need my kitchen done. Hmm. He'd make his cut list. So when he got off work, he'd go home, go to sleep, get up at seven, go to the supply houses, pick up his Particle board and plywood and whatever he needed to make his cabinets work on his cabinets till two thirty three o'clock Go into Chrysler. Oh, you know, I forgot this make his next cut list and then he would do that cycle and he did that for like I said about ten years he'd have my mom set up in their little garage and here, this is what I need made. So the next morning he could come in and start building. And so they kind of work together as a team. Right. So he, he
0: starts a business, but it was really with your mom. Very with closely. my mom. Okay. Right.
1: Yep. And then he finally got to the point in the mid 70s, um, kind of right after my brother was born, you know, I, I can't do this and have a family and have this business and I got to make a decision. Either I'm going to make a go of this or I'm not. So he decided, I'm going to quit Chrysler, and he opened up a little cabinet shop in his garage. He had then bought 10 acres in Harrison Township that had a pole barn on the property. That was where he was going to have his shop. So now it truly became a family affair. You know, it was my mom and dad working together. They had hired one or two employees here and there. Hey, I need part-time help. And... They were really gonna make a go of this. Um, his first couple contracts were for Volkswagen. He had some connections, oh, great. building some stuff, furniture for Volkswagen, and then he hooked up with the company my grandpa gr- grandfather worked for, making beauty shop cabinets. Because
0: and that beauty shop cabinetry has been with you all the way till today, right? Um, we it's don't doing do that, that anymore. Not doing that yeah, anymore. Okay. no,
1: we we stopped doing that in about the early. 90s. or oh, okay. So we kind of it went away, you know, people weren't nowadays with IKEA and all of this knockdown furniture, Other options it was for easier for them to just, hey, I'll, I'll buy these fixtures and, and move on. So he did that and commercial cabinetry in his barn for a long time, um, up until another 10 years and then early 80s, mid 80s. He said, Okay, Again, now I've got to make the jump. Either I can't stay in my little barn anymore mm-hmm. and continue to grow here. You know, it was a residential area and it's neighbors were... right.
0: Trucks coming and going. Yeah. And, yeah, so
1: he said, all right, I'm going to go buy a commercial building. So he ended up renting a commercial building. Again, my dad's always very... He makes the leap, but then he's cautious. Okay. Instead of going all out, okay, I'm gonna buy this building. Well, maybe I'll just rent. Mm-hmm. And I remember for years, he kept his table saw, his whole barn set up because he always had this feeling, if this doesn't I work, could slide back I could come back to the barn. You okay. know, he just, he took, you know, steps and he wanted to move forward, but he always felt, well, I gotta have a backup plan. Some man, sort of backup in case parachute. this doesn't work. He made a go of it. He started investing in machinery, went to, we have this big, big woodworking show in Atlanta every other year where all of North America, Europe, I mean, it's just a huge, huge show. A lot of people go there, get ideas, what machinery to buy. He went there, bought um, some computerized CNC equipment, an edge bander, Um A panel saw that could cut more than one panel at a time so then he started looking at the future okay if I could make parts quicker and I could get more done and I could build my clientele and so he did that for you know until he outgrew that equipment and then bought more equipment and then again got to the point where okay I'm renting maybe I should go buy something this is taking off it's a go And so then he bought the building that we're in the, today. To,
0: and when was that roughly? That right?
1: was um, mid, 90s. mid 90s. So yep.
0: each 10 year kind of yep, he, milestone increments. Right. So what's your earliest memory of this, the business? Is it in the barn space or is yes, it? He, okay. in the
1: barn space. Um, so when my brother was born, he was sick. So it was my dad and I a lot because my mom was with my brother taking care of him. And so. He had to work. And so that's where I sat, you know, on a bucket. Hey, clean this up. Hey, help me do this. I remember he was painting something at the time and I was standing there and he said, all of a sudden I started talking like really goofy. And, you know, he bent down to see, you know, what was wrong and the fumes paint had kind of settled, mm. and here I am high on paint fumes, so he took me outside. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I
0: used to build models. My parents were convinced I sniffed glue. You know? right, no, I was right. just building models.
1: Yeah, it was, yeah, the fumes from it. But I mean, I would come home from school. I remember my brother and I absolutely despised Christmas vacation, Thanksgiving vacation, summer vacation, any days off school because we were working. I mean, okay. we would. So they
0: weren't vacation. You, no, you went to work.
1: We would get off the school bus. We had a thousand foot long driveway. And we'd walk down the driveway. My dad would look out because he knew what time it was. See us walking. We had an intercom system at our house. He'd call up to the house. Ma, All right, you've did got, he pay you? He did pay us. Okay. So yes, he did set us up for the future. So you, you, you learned value of work. Looking back, yes, yeah, I didn't regret doing any of that. But when you're 10 and... 14 years old and you got to work and your friends are out playing
0: well and 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 unless your family has that equipment you're not exposed to that probably until school shop class or something right uh so not intimidating and easy to understand and we
1: had a good foundation for a work ethic you know a lot of my friends didn't really start working till they could drive i mean by the time i was 16 i was able to afford a brand new car. It was a year or two old, but it was a brand new car. I mean, I paid cash for it because we had work yeah, since we saved. were, you know, eight to 10 years old where we were getting paid and we were driving the business. I would say is, you know, we worked so we could get jobs out. So my dad didn't have to hire people. And, you know, so okay. it was just, we were always in the business. I remember eating Thanksgiving dinner when we moved our shop from our house to a commercial setting. It was Thanksgiving and my mom made the turkey at home and she brought it to work and mm-hmm. we stopped and had Thanksgiving dinner at our conference room table.
0: So it was just a break from work, work that day. Right. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we we worked a lot and were involved in the business since we were small.
0: So, you you know, these each 10-year increments, kind of planning, kind of cautious, any memories in the, you know, those early founding period of something that kind of went sideways or off the rails or
1: was you know
0: that's talked about as I don't know, the mistake, the error, the something in the lore.
1: I wouldn't say it was a mistake or an error, but when we moved into this building, I mean it it needed a lot of work. So my dad was really good at electrical. And he knew and that plumbing. going into yeah. it. Yeah. So he had that on his plate. I was in college, so I wasn't even home. I okay. went away to school. My brother was around and just That point of moving into this building, getting it ready, because now you're not just leasing or renting a building. It's yours. It's yours. And I just remember my it being very stressful, like coming home from college and, you know, what can we do to help or what can we do to get this going? And at the same time, my dad was kind of transitioning. That beauty craft business, commercial business was kind of going away because, you know, he's built the business and he doesn't have anybody to help. He doesn't have a good estimator. He doesn't have a good person in the shop if he's out selling. So it was at that time where business was kind of slowing down a little bit. And he
0: was wearing a lot of the hats. A lot of hats. hats. And, you know, there
1: was just a lot of pressure. And he kind of made the decision to not do the commercial residential work anymore. He was just going to focus on components. Because we had a lot of equipment, computerized equipment. And so he went down the path of not doing work for the end user anymore, but doing work for other cabinet companies. Got it. Hey, you're overloaded with work. We used to be a cabinet shop. Why don't you let us cut all your pieces for you? We'll machine your pieces, not necessarily build a finished product, Okay. but just to help other cabinet companies.
0: So you talked about this going on, you'd gone, you were going to college, gone. Where, when you went to go to college, was it with this, master plan to work in this business? Were you pursuing something very different? What what was your personal I mean, I guess
1: because this was my whole life, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to come back. Okay. I just, like I had the mindset of I'm going. You grew up around
0: it. I want to do something different. I want to go
1: work someplace else, do something else, and just get out of it you know okay. i didn't want to go to college and then come back to where i started from i to me that was i was very similar like, yeah yeah it might be a failure but then my somewhere in the middle of that my grandfather said to me because he would help my dad you know come in and putts around and i came home from college one weekend and he said now i get why you're going to college you know you want to go to college but aren't you coming back here to run the business look at you know all of this that your parents built and I kind of sat there, he goes, you know, do what you want, but to throw it all away, not that you wouldn't (laughs) ever come back, but he looked at it as you should go do something, but think about coming back. Don't just give it up and give it away. And I did at college, I worked for a little flower shop. And it was just a one person flower shop. I did the books there, but then I'd help rearrange flowers and wait on customers and kind of was doing a lot of different things. And I thought, okay, I'm doing all of this for this guy and his business. Why am I not wanting to go home and do that with my parents' business? So that was kind of a pivotal moment for me to go, all right, finish college, come home. It's a different type of business because we now we were just doing component manufacturing. Okay. It wasn't sell to the end user type work.
0: And that that was your brother working in the business at that time mm-hmm. also. Okay. Yep.
1: He went for a semester to college. It wasn't for him. And he just came continued in, to work, you came, know? kept came working and yeah.
0: been in the business for his working life. Too. Right. Okay. Yep. And, and then, so talk about, I guess, the transition, if you will, from, well, what you said, third generation, what your grandfather did, mm-hmm. what your parents are doing, you and your brother are working there, where it becomes, we're now, we have a vision for the future. We're running this. How did, it, was there a plan for that? Did, were, were there convers? Were you able to talk about it? How did that all go down?
1: I mean, we talked about business all the time. My okay. mom, my dad, my brother and I, but.
0: Business never, like getting this component done for yes, this customer. Who's
1: going to do this. How last
0: month was. Right, Okay. right.
1: That, but the future stuff, they just, my parents did not want. They just were comfortable with the way things were going. All right. And both. BJ and I felt, you know, we come into work every day. We do exactly what my dad wants us to do or my mom wants us to do. But we have ideas. We want to do some different things. And employees were struggling because now we're a little bit bigger and there's more employees. Who do they report to? Do they report to my dad? Do they report to me? Do they, you know, they were just really confused. And we were getting to that point where. I wanted to do, I wanted to buy the building next door. I wanted to, you know, go out and get more sales and get other type of sales. And not that my dad wasn't encouraging of that, but it just felt like I had to ask his permission. Okay. Can I take on this job? Is this price okay? It, you know, it was just getting to the point where I didn't want to keep asking. I wanted to try it on my own. Hey, let's take this right. job and I am comfortable. Still a the the kid price. asking for the yeah, keys to the car. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so. We had a lot of conversations, my brother and I more so than all of us together. All right. Do we want to do this? Is this where we want to be? You know, you're good with working in the business. Yes. Okay. We want to grow it. We want to get more sales. And so we kind of just... Stopped asking him for permission, and he was okay with it. We were getting stuff done. We were making money. We were growing. <laughs> love that and, uh,
0: ask for permission or beg for forgiveness right, exactly. thing everybody talks what about. Else, like, yeah. Just do things. Just yeah. do it.
1: And so then it got to the point where people were now reporting to BJ and I and not so much my dad. And I don't want to say we pushed him out because we did have conversations of, do you want to be here? Do you want to run the day? More day-to-day? of an
0: organic transition kind of yeah. then.
1: And then, you know, he could see and he was comfortable with us taking the reins and taking the next steps. And but I mean, there are still times when he'd, you know, and pull us aside. Your parents
0: are still alive yeah. and, yep. Around, yep. and yep. around and, and watching what's helps, going on and yep. helping out. So with yeah, maintenance,
1: make, loves going to trade shows. Make sure the listeners
0: are clear on that, right, which right. is yep. nice. They're still
1: here. They're still active, still somewhat involved, just not day to day stuff.
0: So every business, you know, I mean, you're in a business that can't be hundred percent digitized because cabinets are still physical and they're made out of mm-hmm. something but disruption is everywhere so like, what's going on as you look at the future with technology and innovation all that that you're either leading on or catching up on or thinking about because I I don't totally understand I mean I understand your business I've been right. here I've seen an operation but you get are you know I'm kind of curious what's down the road or So the majority
1: of our business is doors and drawer fronts for kitchen, home organization, healthcare, store fixture. Some of those easier type, hey, I just need a couple doors for my kitchen or a bathroom, or I need some doors and drawer fronts for a closet unit. Our customers are wanting us to go to an online ordering system. And I'm stuck in the middle where I still like to call and talk to somebody. I still like somebody to walk me through colors or what i'm buying and so i feel if i go to an online ordering system and have no interaction with my customers i'm losing that connection so that's where we're kind of at this crossroad is people are asking for it but at okay. the same time i don't want to so the hotel up.
0: business you used to come check in a person gave you your key did everything but the guest wants to check in on their phone and bypass right. all of that right but then the hotel loses that chance to have that human interaction
1: right so yeah. you, same ultimately
0: same thing. what it, we got to do what the customer wants even though you scratch your head sometimes so right. their digitization in that area
1: yes where yeah. you can just go online now with Amazon and all the other online ordering systems people just want to sit at their house at night and order some stuff and okay. you know people's lives are busier and busier and they may not have that eight to five where i can call and talk to somebody it may be four o'clock in the morning and they need to place an order
0: so growth growth potential in that Yes. Uh, and then uh i mean what what would you say just operationally because you've grown up in this business just as the way it runs are you you know there's getting bigger and there's getting better and that's been a common theme and mm-hmm. and as i've met these other business leaders of these generational businesses they're trying to do both right what are you trying to get better at what are you trying to improve on or or um be more efficient or or productive or something like that
1: i think the biggest challenge for us is remakes i mean we're making a custom sized product okay and we've got over 100 different colors we've got 30 to 40 different profiles in different combinations of all of this. So So thousands of permutations. Yes, how do we take what the customer has in their mind or what they put down on paper and produce that part? Because I've got a lot of people in our organization, they don't know what the end result is supposed to look like. They're just making this square part Mm. and it's got this color and this profile and they don't know where it goes. So it's trying to teach them and get better at deciphering this is what the customer wants. This is how we enter it. This is what it should look like at the end and teaching our staff to visualize even though they're not making the final product. Um, That's one thing we really strive and have been working at the last couple of years is decrease remakes, whether it's internal or external to the customer.
0: And what would be uh, you know, you mentioned Amazon, for example. Which can be an opportunity because of their third party and this mass of their platform, mm-hmm. but also a threat. I mean, every business like, oh, what could Amazon do to us? What could Walmart do to us? So what are like the threats on the horizon for JB cutting and and uh if not that we're doing a swatch chart here, but right. just what what might that be?
1: Threats would be competitors. So our competitors we try to find the customers that are looking for partners, somebody that can help them and guide them. And what is your 2020 look like? What is your color palette look like? Okay, okay can we match up what we're offering to what our customers are showing? Um, and here's an
0: example of a customer that people might know or understand? Closets about. by Design. Okay, so the closet companies. Closet, those yes. Systems. So Sorry.
1: Closets by Design, we sell to four or five franchises, Michigan, um, Illinois, couple in Illinois, Ohio. So, you know, yeah, they're a national organization that have a certain color palette, but regionally, there's certain franchises that, hey, I want to offer these colors. I want to do this design. I want to, you know, not shoehorn myself into just five or six colors. I want to offer 10 or 12. So we try to look ahead and capture that business and what colors are they bringing can we bring the colors on offer them to our customer base but at the same time you've got companies larger than us that are just cranking out the mass production parts i got it so we we lose business there because you get some franchises that don't want to think outside the box and they just want to focus on this is what the the franchise system says we're going to offer this is what we're going to offer and we want the lowest price, okay. so we're always competing against that type of work. You know, they come to us, they want what we can offer, but a lot of times they don't want to pay for that service because we do have people answering the phone. So it's
0: classic challenges: competition, margins, value, right? All of Bringing those more
1: product out, but getting rid of old that people may still be using. That's another big challenge or threat for us. Is there's so many colors available and so everybody wants the latest and greatest. And there's 15 grays. Well, if we don't have all 15, you know, we're missing out on these customers because they want that color gray and not this other color gray.
0: And then, you know, from all that, you know, from doing this, well, since you were inhaling the fumes, right. the, <laughs> that image is going to stick. Sorry. Uh, we talking back at you about that one. The, the, your, you know, next generation. Is there that same thing of you know in your household, kids, the the, the you know, nieces, nephews, whatever, running mm-hmm. around here, experiencing it, thinking about it. What I mean is a that a little even, bit
1: because is, I go home and that's my life. You know, that's what I talk about. Is the business. I mean, is that
0: the plan or the dream that maybe well, they call it G three slash Like I slash tell my four? kids,
1: I've got two daughters who are ten and twelve now. Okay. My brother's kids, he has two boys, and they are eight and so 11. it's a long
0: road to that yes yeah. long
1: road to that but i try to bring them in here as much as i can but it's a different business you know there's five or six high lows running around on the floor and it's a lot of heavy equipment yeah. and it's not just standing there with a glue gun and spraying parts right. and so it's a little bit different and a little bit harder but they'll come and they'll clean up on a weekend or right. if it's a holiday you know, my daughters, I've had them clear out the files. We keep so many years, and then we get to this year, clean out all the files. So they spend a couple of days over Christmas break cleaning out the files. That's great. And yeah, so they're. I try to get them Which involved. Which is applicable
0: to other business, too. It's just exposure to... Right,
1: to what we do. And, I mean, I freely talk about money issues with the business, employee issues with the business. I don't... It, our family has always been you know, whatever you're gonna say, you say it at the dinner table kind of thing. And okay. there's no secrets held of somebody, you know, isn't working out or this happened, you know, everything is kind of exposed to my kids. So they hear it on a daily basis. That's great. What I struggle with.
0: What um, would you say, like, I had this shop teacher cause I'm not good at mm-hmm. what you all do. And I remember him and he used to use this expression uh, it was to be careful, right? And it was, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, blood on the ceiling, meat on the floor, which is pretty gross. <laughs> but it, it again painted a, you know, we're doing podcast, it's theater of the mind, right, visual right. type stuff. So I just remember that, so it actually made me a bit hesitant to even get near any of the, the the stuff. Are there, you know, that kind of you know phrase type thing? Is there something from your grandfather, your father, from Chrysler to here? that's up on a wall somewhere or is this like saying that goes back to the beginnings or or some um i don't know some yeah. quote some
1: no i get it no i was because i was t- telling my dad that i was doing this and you know of course he's super proud of sure. us and where we've come because you know he looks back at his little garage making cabinets and i just remember because he always had us working and you know i was moaning and groaning and i'm not know you know <laughs> And he always would say, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today because okay. you never know what tomorrow is going right. to bring And a new opportunity of a job. And if you keep pushing, job, you know, because I always used to complain, why do we have to work so much? Why do we have to stay so late? You know, well, let's get this done because tomorrow there could be a whole new opportunity. And I've always lived like my husband, my kids, my dad still, you know, you never sit down. You never stop. I go, right. yeah, because. In my mind I have an agenda. I wanna get this accomplished in a day. Because tomorrow somebody may call and say, Hey, let's go golfing for the afternoon. If I put off all that work that then I could have done, then I, I yeah. can't because I gotta get this done. So I try to just push myself a little bit each day to get a little bit more done, a little bit more done. And that has I mean, I preach that to my kids. And so, now. And,
0: and, and you talk about that at home. Has that permeated the culture then of JV cutting? I mean that that you operate that way, and others know, kind of, we're going to get stuff done and not put it off. Or yeah, they do. Okay. Our all
1: majority of our employees, we've got about half of them that have been with us. Yeah, you've got people who've been 10, here a long 15 time. years, so they know. Like work hard today, have fun tomorrow. You know, they're they're of that mindset. I want to get this done. I want to accomplish this. I want to leave things clean and put stuff away, even though it's you know seven o'clock at night. You've already been on overtime. Empty the garbage cans, you know, sweep the floor a little bit. Because then if you keep putting it off, putting it off, the day comes when you got to clean. Now it's a three or four hour project. And and
0: then, I mean, you know, one of the things happens when you work at a place that you've been around, you know, you've people been here a long time. Mm -hmm. So they've known you a long time. You've grown up with the business. uh, You know, how people see you, how you see them, all of that. What personally, like, what are you, anything you're working on for your Leadership style, time management sounds like you got that nailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, or uh, you know, learning some new skill, or you know, what are what are you focusing on for yourself?
1: I think my biggest challenge is delegation. You know, as we get bigger and I need to be focusing more on the business, not working in the business, okay. that has always been my struggle is to delegate because that five, 10 minute project in my mind. Takes me away from all those five, 10 minute projects add up in a day. Well, delegate that to somebody. Have right. somebody else do that. And that's the hardest thing. Not the, that I don't think they can do it.
0: And the tendency to hold on to it is because you like it done a certain way. You're used no, to doing it. No, it just in, just, in my
1: mind, it's going to take me take more, time, more time to do that than yeah. explain it to somebody. Then I can just get it done. But I have to get out of that mindset because then. If that same thing happens over get and over, more, they'll get, they'll more get efficient. better at yeah. it. Yeah. And I just need to to do that. And over the years we've hired it's coaches. It's not a natural thing. No, yeah. it's not. It's hard. We've hired coaches over the years and you know, we keep working on it to, you know, grow the business. And when I say grow the business, I don't necessarily mean get to a certain dollar amount. Just be able to get work done efficiently and bring in more work and and get it out the door quickly. And as we do that, um, it just keeps getting harder and harder because now your day is getting longer and longer and you, right. you have to delegate to people. And we just hired a VP of operations, somebody that's here that has a lot of experience that can help guide BJ and I to that next level of right. working on the business.
0: Yeah, and you can bounce ideas off, right. and get a fresh view on things and all of that. So you mentioned the Thanksgiving that was at a conference room table, another great image how uh, and so you know you're working a lot and the business doesn't stop how do, what do you do to get away from from the business physically mentally
1: um about 8 years ago we bought a place i call it my cottage but everybody laughs because it's in fenton it's an hour away from okay. mount Clemens here and but that's my escape right. you know i can leave here on a friday in the summer and we keep it open all year round but pretty much from may until september nice i can leave here on a friday i can take that hour drive and get up there for the weekend and i don't think about work and i don't think about the business and yeah on my drive home on sunday or monday i'm thinking about about it it. but it's those two days kind of with my family i'm not sitting at the table going okay tomorrow i got to do this and we got to get this done and you know this employee's off so i got to pick up that you know it's just okay check it at the door when we get there and then I pick it back up again. So you've cre-
0: I mean, for, if I get listeners from further than Michigan, you know, to create sort of the up north thing, but I'm mm-hmm. going to drive three to right. four hours, really, that's, that's really smart. Uh, what would, what's a, a new idea you've kind of implemented recently at the company that's, I mean, VP of ops huge, but yeah, that was... some, something that's, you look back, you go, ah, I wish we'd done that a year earlier or, or a piece of tech or something.
1: Really, it's the VP. I mean, he came in and it was like a key this, person,
0: a key yeah, key position,
1: breath of fresh air, because we had hired people before that, you know, had operations experience or management experience, but to get the total package, he had experience from sales and marketing and accounting all the way through operations and like he gets it. He gets the big picture. Okay. Um, you know, plug for Eric, we used Hohhauser and Associates to help find this person. And I had been talking for years about this person and finding the right person. And he literally found like our long lost brother, the way BJ and I feel is because he just, he's at that level that we're at. He gets so it. What's, and so, what's, so, how
0: about an idea that he's brought then to, the business since he would be the key idea yeah no executed. so yeah
1: it's more or less his idea but recognizing team leads and having daily stand-up meetings okay you know we would try meetings before but they'd be so drawn out mm-hmm. that it would just you would regret or didn't even want to go to them and then we stop them and start them and you know employees were confused so every morning in every single department they have a five to ten minute stand-up meeting Great. and to me that it's huge because it's you're telling people what's going on for the day, what issues arise the day before or previously. But then you also get that couple minutes of, hey, how was your weekend? Hey, you know Still
0: keep that. Right. Connection. You're kind how of how many people are you now total? So
1: we're about forty five. Yeah.
0: So still a big yeah, family. In you a know. little group. You know setting. everybody. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yep. Absolutely. And I I look forward to them in the morning. You okay. know, It's one of those meetings that I look forward to. Great.
0: And then what Uh, I mean there's probably not one thing but what would you say is like the most fulfilling thing for you about this generational business as you look back and look ahead
1: Um, I think the sense of family you know it it was a small family business you know four to five person business and today yeah we're 45 people but to me it's still a family business you know I'm Providing jobs for people that have families and they can go buy a house or go buy a new car or put their kids through college. You know, it's it's still that sense of family business. And to me, I'm oh, can I providing, yes You know, it's it's a good feeling for me is that we're still here, we're still active in the business. You know, I never want to be the person that who's the owner, I I'd never see them. And, you know, we interact with every single person almost every day between my brother and I. Great.
0: Well, I, I thank you for doing this. I, I've learned some things. I don't know if I got you to say something recorded that you've never told anyone before, but sometimes that happens. You know, I look forward to sharing the JB Cutting story with other people.
1: Oh, thank you Thanks, for though. asking me.
0: Generation Excellence is hosted by me, Jamie Michelson, with help from SMZers, Eric Freiberger, Sam Daly, Eric Head, and Joel Bienfeld. Thanks also to Randy and his team at Stage 3 Audio. Thank you for listening and please give some of the other episodes a try. One more thing, if you have comments or a suggested future guest, please don't be afraid to contact me.